T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm not too concerned about it because, like, every single player, every single team has to deal with it now. So, you know, we're doing our due diligence. Like, we had an hour-long meeting today kind of discussing all the new rules that we're going to have to deal with, and we're getting that practice in. You know, we had the, the clocks out for the live VPs. We have the clocks out for the bullpen. Um, so we're just kind of day-by-day learning more and more and then implementing it in our practice. And then, obviously, it's going to be it's gonna be right there when games start. So... Uh, it's just going to be an adjustment period for everybody. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is the voice of Lucas Giolito. He's the thoughtful one. I love hearing from that guy. Yeah, I always have uh, liked always. He's very articulate, and uh, obviously he's had plenty of media training from his background growing up in L.A. And uh, well, He's just the epitome of class. He's and great. he understands great. how to communicate very well. And so when he talks about the pitch clock, he's going to put it in the right perspective. And that is going to be something that everyone's going to have to adjust to. You know, looking back at our conversation with Theo Epstein, we got a lot of feedback on that on Friday Mm -hmm. and just how it will change the viewing experience. But you you take for granted how it's going to take, how it's going to change just the, the pitcher's approach, whether it's how quickly you decide on what pitch to throw, uh, how it affects your tempo. We're talking about pitchers who sometimes, are laboring on the mound. What does that mean now? Is it going to be somebody who is uh, having anxiety when they see the pitch clock counting down? A lot of different things, how it will change. I'm looking forward to our conversation with Kurt Bloom at 745, who is the voice of the Birmingham Barons, and he has seen how minor league baseball has adapted uh, pretty seamlessly, I think, in the last year or so to these rules changes. And Lucas Giolito reflects somebody – Ready for this because you know what? There's no other choice. And the Birmingham project, he's overseen that for God's sake. Well, he's he's been up in the booth looking at it. That's what I mean that by sounds overseen. Like something like is a city planning uh, commission agenda. I know item. it's hysterical. We'll ask him about that and how that whole thing went down. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him because I do think that younger players have been through this and have an understanding of it and the and the veteran guys are trying to figure it out. And 
one of the things that Giolito did was uh, drop some weight. You know, we know he came in last year. What was he? Two eighty. He was two eighty. But he did it because he built that up because he felt he needed his legs underneath him. And a it lot of it was in his lower body, yes. the trunk, and yes. the, so he had a stable sort of foundation. Right. But I think what happens when you put on that much muscle. You put on that much weight. Right. It wasn't bad weight. It's not like he no. loaded up on pie. No, he wasn't like a pizza and beer guy. No. No. Th- what, this not was, that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with pizza and beer. I would mind some right now. Yeah. In moderation. A little early. A little yeah. early for both. Well. But anyway, yeah. we digress. Lucas Giolito. Anyway. <laughs> Lucas Giolito addressed over the weekend how he decided to drop the weight in its effect. I'd say it was just kind of like assessing the year as a whole. Uh, You know, opening day I hurt myself, and then I had to kind of climb back from that. And then um, I just, I felt like I I was kind of putting myself in a position to like fall into bad habits, and those bad habits kept stacking uh, mechanically and and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just felt, you know, when I was at my best, I was around this weight, this kind of... uh, you know, condition. type of body, type of condition. So let's uh, refocus, um, you know, get after it in the gym, get after it with, you know, my plyo balls, all the kind of stuff that I need to do to prepare and, uh, you know, show up to camp and continue to go from there. Hmm. I'm not, I, I like that. I like hearing that because he, you know, obviously slipped up. I mean, he wasn't as good as, uh, as he had been. So, you know he um, he's a guy that uh, that you want to figure out a contract for. He's in a contract year, and that is incentive to have his best. And he didn't last year, and hopefully he will again. Hopefully he can bounce back again because you know he went from having this terrible kind of turn to his career, and he was gonna he was the he was worse than Ronaldo, as you recall. And it was like, oh, boy, this guy is no good. And then all of a sudden, he put together a couple of really good years. Well, he really remade himself as a pitcher. Yes. And he changed his entire approach, which I think in some ways, when he went from worst to one of the best, that empowered him to think that by adding the weight last offseason, he could do it again. How do you fix what's broken? Well, you change something about your body about your mindset whatever the case may be and I think maybe he overcompensated a little bit you know you remember last year when we talked to Steve Stone on a regular basis and he identified some of the issues with Lucas Giolito and maybe being a little too big Mm. a little too muscular if you will sometimes those are the guys that they look great and you you encourage fitness and and the the lifting regimen and all those things but hmm Sometimes with the pitcher, things are so exact that you don't want to be too tight. And you don't know. I'm sure there's a more technical way to approach it or describe it. But I, I can recall last year always feeling like there was something that wasn't quite as fluid with Lucas Giolito as we were used to seeing. So maybe that'll be different now. Looking forward to seeing what he has to – this spring will tell us a lot about what to expect this season. I totally agree. It'll be very interesting to see how he – performs and, uh, you know, if that giant contract's out there for him. You know, we also heard from Michael Kopech over the weekend, and I think when you talk about guys who have 
high expectations yes. and guys who sounded familiar. Now, Giolito sounded different because he's, he's talking about his, his, his different body yes. and something that was different. Michael Kopech, to me, sounded very much like he did a year ago. Sounded very much like a guy with high expectations, vowing to stay healthy, vowing to stay focused in all of this in the name of removing the inconsistent label to to him because he's got such great talent, yeah. but it's unfulfilled potential. Yeah, it's unfulfilled. We'll we'll see. And again, I every time every time he pitches, I hold my breath a little bit because you just never know what's well. Out and there and for every him. time he like talks, time- you wonder if you heard it before. And this is what he had to say about the difference between this year and last year. I think we've probably heard multiple guys in the clubhouse say it already, but we have something to prove uh, to ourselves, to the fans, to the league. Um, obviously, we should have had a better season last year. We had the talent. We, we always seem to have the talent, but it's a matter of uh, coming together and doing the little things right. And so far, um, you know, with, with the way Pedro's organized camp, we're, we're really focusing on the little things right now and taking it one step at a time. So, you know, once we get to the point where everything's in full swing, we should we should be doing everything we need to to win games. Hmm. All right. Sounds, sounds like we've good. heard versions of that before. Well, I mean, I th- the fact is it's all true. They have totally underachieved. They were a 500 team last year, which is the perfect record for the way they played. And, um, I mean, they were no better than 500, and they were no really worse. They just weren't good. And it was a disappointment. And you saw the uh, Guardians step ahead of them in the division, and that didn't make sense. But that's what you get when uh, when you're kind of – Half arson it through a season. Let you're, me ask you this: You're treating your season like it's uh, an All Star game, be it the <laughs> Pro Bowl or the NBA All Star. Before we get to the phone calls, we're talking about the expectation for the White Sox. Yeah, and I think that the consensus is they're fairly low right now because yes. we have been down this road before, and you feel like you, you you've learned a lesson in expecting too much from a team that consistently has disappointed us. But you look at their. Let's just stick with their top four pitchers in the rotation right now because I think that's the safest and also the smartest because you can't count on your fifth starter you just can't people you just can't you have Dylan Cease ace caliber Cy Young worthy Mm. maybe again Mm. you've got then Lance Lynn pitching for Team USA has a chip on his shoulder because he was born that way as he pointed out on Friday you've got Lucas Giolito recommitted to fitness and also a guy in a contract year as you point out which is huge and you have Michael Kopech, who might have more talent than all of them if he could ever reach his potential. Are we underestimating the White Sox? Dylan Cease has the most potential of any of them because of all that he can do. I, I, and because I agree with you. Okay. Because we've seen him do last, it. I, last year made that true. You're right. I stand corrected. I think, but Kopech, I guess when you max him out potential-wise, right. boy, he could be very good. He could be yeah. – He could be. Uh, they thought he was going to replace Carlos Rodon. They did, and I understand why, because of his ability. But I don't think his availability allows you to make that leap. So are we underestimating the White Sox in terms of the uh, expectation level, victory total projections this year? Because those four starters, Mully, if they stay healthy, and I know that's a huge if, they're good. They're really good. Who's the fifth starter? (laughs) 312-644-6767. Ron's on the south side. Hey, Ron. Hey, good morning, guys. <clears throat> no, I don't uh, um, 
they, I don't think they're underestimating the white side. Look, you're looking for four, possibly five guys that are coming back from injuries. And and so you hope that all of them come back. And that could possibly uh, happen. But what I've been thinking uh, uh, the last few weeks really was about the pitching. Uh, with Giolito. I mean, he had a 4.90 ERA. Michael Kopech, 119 um, innings. There's not much depth there. So, uh, yeah, we, we there, there are a lot of questions, guys, uh, with, with this team. Almost more questions. I've, I've looked at a lot of teams and their rosters and projections, and certainly teams have questions, but the White Sox have some. But I'll get to the good news. Uh, I really like the signing of uh, Ellis Andrews. And even though he's never played second, he showed great baseball yes. instinct last year yes. that he will be able to con- convert to second. Lastly, when Griffo talked about the kind of baseball, clean baseball, you have to give him those type of players. Uh, and I think you know, Ben Attendee, you know, played the same kind of, but it's not only with the, and lastly, guys, uh, because of the, uh, the, the, the new rules, there'll be a lot more contact, and that usually means a lot more play up the middle. Yep. So you have to have um, some good defense up the middle. And he's a good offensive player. He's a good baseball player. So thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Great, Ron. Ron. Yeah, Those I'm are really good points. Yep. Those are really good points because I think the one he made about adding Elvis Andrews, adding Andrew Benintendi, you're talking about players not only offensively or should give you some – some oomph at, at different times, but improve your defense. They improve your defense, yep. and they also they they elevate your baseball IQ. These are smart yes. players, and with a manager that we don't know much about, but we do like what we see so far and hear so far. I think you'd agree. He's talking a good game. He's saying the right things. He's hitting the right notes. This has got to be a spring training devoted to fundamentals, intensity, urgency, the kinds of things that were lacking so much last year. And so when you have players who are professionals, Andrews, Benintendi, that's going to help a lot. Look, I, I mean, the reality is when I, when I look at the White Sox, I know exactly who's playing where. I know what their lineup is, right? It's not – there are really not a lot of surprises. But the question are whether or not these guys can hold up, whether or not, you know – and I know that there were a bunch of stories about Luis Robert. And uh, and Griffol talking about him and Robert admitting, you know, I haven't done enough yet. Listen, this guy could be a great ball player could be. if he were available. He's like Kopech to me. The enormous potential. Well, I think Moncada is Kopech <laughs> with that. You know what I mean? The both of them came in the same deal, and the both of them are the same guy in terms True. of whether or not they're going to be meeting so that potential. What do you make of this suggestion that was offered over the weekend that because Mancada and Luis Robert Jr., which is the way he wants to be referred to it now, what do you think about the idea that because they're being involved in the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, they'll be more locked in. They'll be better early on because they will have – Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think that's wishful thinking. I think Lance Lynn will be better off playing in the World Baseball Classic, but only him. Really? Well, I think he's going to get in better shape. Oh, that's interesting. So you think his fitness level will be better at the beginning of the season? I worry about him at the end. Yeah, I do too. Because of the I, innings. I worry about him at the beginning of the season, and I think that if he's ready to go at the beginning of the season because he played in the World Baseball Classic, that will I, at least get him. You know, he will almost be in 
for for him kind of midseason form is and, my hope. And we saw what he is when he reaches that point because last year it took him a little while to get going. So that's a really interesting point and thing to, to keep an eye on. I just look at the idea that Mancata and Luis Robert Jr. involved in the WBC is a good thing is like, hmm. I don't know if I trust them to stay healthy throughout the course of spring training if they're playing at that high of a level this early in the spring. Here's my thinking. I I know this is going to sound crazy, but the very fact that they no longer have these guys in the outfield uh, that they've got, and I'm not being insulting. I'm just saying, you know, Vienna Attendee has won a gold glove, whether he is a gold glove outfielder or not, he won one. So that's awesome. And I don't know know that, that that makes him... Ten times better than Aloy out there, but it's it's a lot better. And you know, Oscar Colas has got a very strong arm. We know that he was going to be Cuban Otani, a pitcher. He's got a strong arm. I don't know how good his defense is going to be, but to me, it will be an upgrade over a first so, baseman playing out there. That's interesting. So because then, you're saying they gave Luis Robert Jr. guardrails in the outfield, and and they and then the other element is that now you will have you know, a left-handed power bat in reserve. And if Berger makes the team, you'll have another guy that can play some third base. And I don't know. I I really, those guys are no longer young, David. Let's put it that way. Right. I don't know that they need to keep playing at the minor league level so they get their at-bats. I feel like they've gotten to a point where, if, where they could give you depth, not necessarily guys that you want to see in the outfield, but guys that could, you know, spell Andrew Vaughn every once in a while, that could spell Eloy as the DH. I kind of like that they've got power options on the bench that maybe they could come in and run into one late in the game, whatever it might be. You're going to need your bench. You're going to need your bench. Guaranteed that, especially with the injuries at the White Sox. Yes, yes. And and you know what? 708 Texter makes a really good point. He says this is the same, generally, really the same foundation, the same Sox team we all assumed last year would win the division, might be a World Series contender. And it says it's very possible. Everyone is underestimating how good they could be based upon last year and the negative feelings about that team. Yes. And he's exactly right. That's true. I think a lot of my projections for 2023 in the White Sox are colored by last year's bad experiences of watching them for so many disappointing nights. Well, and I think that, that, you know, you do have the question in your mind, as the texter says, what if what they achieved last year is exactly where they belong? What if that's as good as it's going to get for this group? Now, I think they're better than that, and I think that there's still the potential for hope with some of these younger players. But, you know, hey, time time is a ticket on a guy like Mankata. It, it really right? is. I mean, it, it's now or never in a see, lot of ways. You're, you're right, and it makes a lot of sense. The only thing is, and I think you've, you've – I don't want to say have influenced me in this way, but I think that, you know, I feel like I have been burned by expecting the White Sox to succeed on talent alone. Right. And I think that's been a mistake in the past couple seasons because I look at the collection of talent and I look at how they invested in it. And I think that my eyes tell me they should be a, a 95 win team. And then you see what they go out and produce on a nightly basis. And like, that's not a 95 win team. No. So my reservations I think have merit because they're based on the pre- previous two years. I agree with you. So I'm not expecting much from this Sox team this year, and I yeah. don't want to get, come off that. No, I, I think we all feel the same way. You know, we have not seen them um, 
And and I did. I thought, well, with Tony LaRusso, well, at least they'll get they'll get back to fundamentals. At least, you know, I was never excited about that idea, and I didn't appreciate the timing of it. But I thought that it would it would reflect an old school baseball thinking, which it never did. Right. And they never achieved anything. So now, with Pedro Grafal and the, these guys coming off bad years, I'm not too. I'm not really expecting a lot, so they could they could over deliver. That, that's, you know what I that's mean? That's the nature that's, of sports. That's kind of that is happens. kind of what happens. Yeah. Things go in cycles. Yeah, and expectations are funny. And when you don't meet them, you disappoint your fan base. In the next year, maybe you surprise some people. So I I know this is crazy, but I'm changing the F to like a D, or like a, maybe even a, because of one signing well, of a one year three million dollar deal. That has changed my grade. Elvis Andrews the, is the extra credit yes. that, that improves your grade. That's right. He's the, the research paper, the addendum to it That's right. that you think, okay, we'll take another look at this. I edited my copy. Yes. Maybe it's better now. And you know what? It is better now. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to talk about what happened over the weekend we heard from the Cubs. Very interesting comments from David Ross as it pertains to his rotation. Okay, we'll get to that, but we've got Kurt Bloom joining us uh, not next. We can get to that next. Then. Okay, we'll okay, get to that I'm next, sorry. and then Kurt Bloom at at seven forty-five. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll uh, we'll do him a little bit later. So I thought we were leading right into it, but now I look at the board and I realize that uh, I somehow miscalculated. It's okay. It's a long way away. Molly and Hawn scored. Well, it definitely doesn't feel like you know. I don't come into each camp with any other priority than to focus on winning, right? And I think the things that have stood out so far is just, it doesn't feel like a camp for a team that came off the record that we had. It feels like a team that is on a mission to um, prepare to win a lot of baseball games. And but we got a lot of players that have gone through seasons and won championships on our teams, a lot of hardware, a lot of winners around camp. And it's very routine based and a really good vibe about it so far. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. That's the voice of David Ross, and he's talking about uh, about the Cubs and the additions they have, and they have some guys that have had some, some real success uh, joining the organization, and they're going to be a different and better team. you got to wonder about the pitching and how it lines up. And, and you know, for instance, Kyle Hendricks is now going to have his first bullpen, right? That he yeah. have it yet? I, it's been a while. No, he has not uh, pitched in a while, so looking forward to seeing where he is in terms of progress. But they're not expecting him to start the season, and they're realistic about his timetable, which is interesting because you have some other guys in the mix because of that. So Mm -hmm. the five-man rotation David Ross addressed, uh, I think it was on Friday or Saturday, and he said basically Marcus Stroman, Jameis Tyone. Yes, right. Justin Steele, high hopes around Justin Steele, the lefty, to hit, make uh, another step forward after making a real strong impression last year. He would be no, your number three starter right now. They signed Drew Smiley, brought him back. Yep. Capable veteran. Stay If he stays healthy, he finished strong. Great September, really. And I think if you remember his consistency down the stretch, that encouraged them. But those are your four starters that David Ross mentioned. The fifth one. The job is up for grabs. You've got a guy like Hayden Wisniewski that mm-hmm. wants to go out and grab it. You've got Asada. You've got Sam. Uh, you've got uh, Adrian, Adrian Sampson. Sampson. Yep. 
But Molly, what surprised me most about this declaration, announcement, whatever you want to call it, that Adbert Alzali and, more significantly to me and surprisingly, Keegan Thompson will be using the bullpen. So Keegan Thompson is somebody with experience as a starter. You could make the argument. 10 and 5 and 17 starts. You could make the argument he's one of the best young pitchers, if not the best young arm in camp. Bullpen arm. Now, is this a premature decision? Should he be given the chance to, to be in the rotation? Or is this looking ahead? You get Hendricks back. Maybe he slides somebody else down. Maybe Keegan Thompson is a guy with his live arm that could be more value in different roles. Um, well, you know, he could be an Andrew Miller type. He's good enough to kind of fit into a role like that. I don't know what they have in mind, but I'm very curious to see how they line up their bullpen, right? You know, um, they signed a bunch of guys. They have a bunch of new faces. Uh, is Brandon Hughes your closer? Is, uh, is Boxberger going to get a shot at that? Is, uh, I mean, I just don't know how they're going to go about it. it. Cody Hoyer's still hurt, right? He yeah. won't be back for a while. You can't count on him so, yeah, so, you got so soon. Rowan Wick, obviously. Rowan still. Wick is an interesting arm. Yeah. You mentioned Boxberger. Brandon Hughes, you know, I really have a lot of respect for what he did last year. I don't think he's necessarily your de facto closer, even though he has experience, you know, saving games. It's going to be a committee approach, I believe, to start the season until a guy like, say, Michael Fulmer goes out and seizes the mm. opportunity. Yeah. He, to me, represents the most likely veteran to emerge as your best ninth-inning option. I don't think it will be Keegan Thompson. I think Keegan Thompson, that's a good comparison. He is your modern-day Andrew Miller type, and I think he reflects what the Cubs are doing in the way of taking a modern approach to their pitching staff. Tommy Hadovy, I look I look forward to talking to him the next time we have him on the show, probably next week, in, in, in addressing where they are with that process. Maybe Adbert Alzali could also be that kind of guy. Although, you know, here's what I, I always wonder. How willing are these young pitchers to embrace this kind of role, this job, and not being in the rotation, which has its, its own kind of stature that's attached to being in a starting rotation? Are they okay with being the multi-use bullpen arm? Yeah, that's a great question. Even though eventually no, it might I, be better I, for their career. It, it, it will be probably better for their career, but I do think that you have to um, you have to do anything possible to, to line up as many guys as humanly possible to take these jobs. They've got young guys, and they're going with these veteran players, which is probably smart someone who's been through it before, but I think he can do anything. I think he's really a, a very interesting guy, and they used him in different ways. It, it is, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of these decisions are made in the pitching lab. I know that sounds crazy, but seriously. You're I exactly they're, right. They're going through they, all they, this. And, they know they have this stuff. They know they have everything measured. We, we talked to Tommy Hadovy. He got out there early to establish a baseline with all of these pitchers. They know exactly what they're dealing with. And they know better than us. There's got to be a scientific basis and yes. reason for why David Ross, so early in camp, before the entire team arrived, this determined and announced that the four starters pretty much set. The fifth one, up for grabs. And these two guys, 
in the bullpen. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, how many how many guys like okay, Strowman, you know who he is, you know what he's doing, mm-hmm. right? Tyon, they went out, they got him for a reason, they re-signed Smiley. I I just don't know once you get through that, if you have a discernible idea of who else you want to line up and how you want to line them up. I think there are different options. They got tons of options. There's a lot of different guys, and they went through a whole host of pitchers last year, and you would prefer if they could lock in to, to a specific five, but I don't know that they have to. Cup Spring Training Talk on the score, sponsored by Sloan, the official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. That's a really interesting point because – you didn't mention Justin Steele, and I think right. that in the in the eyes of a lot of Cub fans, that he is the guy. That he is almost like the the wild card here because his potential is I don't want to say limitless, but he could be. You know, Jan Gomes was our guest on Inside the Clubhouse on Saturday, and yeah. he was asked by Bruce about the potential for for Justin Steele. They talk about him the way the White Sox a couple years ago talked about Dylan Cease. He's well, four I, and seven. And 24 starts, 3.18 ERA. And I don't want that to be the comp. I know that Dylan Cease is a guy that's in a different category. But I just think – Where did he finish in the Cy Young? I mean, he was right there. He was runner-up, wasn't he? That's what I'm saying. I think he was the runner-up. I'm not saying Justin Steele is capable of that. But I think when you talk to guys like Jan Gomes and you – That's how they view him. Even Tommy Hadovy has talked about Justin Steele at the end of last season having some of the best stuff of any young left-hander in the National League. I'm just saying – when you look at track record and how many starts you get, those are they got three guys that you feel like are gonna are gonna be able to be part of a rotation, even with Drew Smiley coming off an injured season. Okay, so I agree with what you're saying about Steele. I think he's I think he was great last year, but I don't know. You gotta Do be you cautious. Know? That's all I'm saying. You have to be cautious with your optimism. I believe you have a ton of potential, and even with the fifth starter guys who are in the mix there, Hayden Wesniewski. We talk about the stature that comes of being in the rotation, he said that fits his personality. That's a goal of his. He would be uncomfortable going to the bullpen because he's not used to it and has never done it. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that, you know, his ERA in thinking six starts was right around two. What if he emerges? Because I think he's got an opportunity. And of all the young pitchers last year, he was as impressive as any they tried in the late season audition when they were 39 and 31 to close the season. So I think he could be a guy that takes advantage but then what happens with Kyle Hendricks comes back? Then you have a really good problem potentially because no pitching coach is ever going to complain about having more starters than spots. Yeah, there's <laughs> not a shadow of a doubt about that. Um, so Wisniewski, four starts last year. Sampson, 19. Keegan Thompson, 17. You got a lot of guys, a lot of looks. That is a good thing. Uh, Caleb Killian had three starts, eight starts for Assad. Remember how excited? Oh yeah, Killian Cubs had Nation done was so well. when Caleb Killian came up the first time. Yeah. Like finally he's here! Oh my gosh, look! It's, uh, can't wait for him to pitch. And then when you talk about guys who made impressions last year, he's not in your top probably three or four of young pitchers that came up and deserved to stay. He was sent back down, had some anxiety issues. He worked on them in terms of just not being ready yet. So you wonder where he fits in because yeah. It's hard to gauge guys when they reach. These aren't young prospects any longer. They're 23, 24, 25. They're still young men, but they're not at that stage where, you know, they're, you can wait on them forever. Caleb Killian, how long is he going to be in AAA? 
I don't know, but can he help your team this year? It's a great situation if you're Tommy Hadovy, if you're Craig Breslow, you have young pitchers that you want to develop, and then you have drafted a ton of pitchers down on the farm who might be more you know, in line with the kind of pitcher you want to develop. So, really, that, that's the strength of the Cub organization right now. Yeah, I mean, how far are they taking these guys, right? Like, how many innings is each guy going to pitch? And then do you need a bullpen that has guys that can – that's where Alzali, yes. that's where Keegan Thompson come yes, in. Exactly. The, the the question about them, maybe not in how much do you trust them in those situations they come right. out in the six, is like, how often can you use them? Well, I, I, I that is a big question. You know, the other question is, are you developing them to move back into the rotation? Are you are you using them as like an extended reliever type role <laughs> that but eventually Depending on who wins the the turkey completely con- shooting contest, <laughs> there's your fifth starter, or there's a guy that's going to be a part of the rotation. That's the point I think of this. Yeah, I agree. The underlying point. And if I, I think that's why the Cubs. That's why the players are willing to do whatever role they're asked. If I'm Keegan Thompson, I want to know the answer to that question. Yeah. If I'm Keegan Thompson's agent, I really want to know the answer to that question. Well, if our guy does enough, <laughs> do, do, are you open to him moving? And I would imagine they are into the rotation. Yes. But where does the spot exist? That's the thing is that be, if he's not – Spots come up. They yeah, come they come guys up. Guys get hurt. Different I, things happen. But you, you, When a guy's pitching well, you're going to use You him. find room for him. And maybe his value in today's modern Major League Baseball and, and pitching and the way we view it now is changing. Maybe his value is going to be greater as a multi-use, multi-inning reliever than it would be as a fourth or fifth starter. All right, we're going to bring in Kurt Bloom. We're going to talk about the new rules and how uh, how they looked at the minor league level and will the games be going faster. Uh, we have a lot of people with questions about the pitch clock and whether or not you're going to be stopping it if a guy is uh, viol- in violation. They, like, they don't want to have to break down video on every play. The idea is to move faster. So I'm sure they're going to move fast with this thing. Kurt Bloom next, Mullion Home School. Ultimately, I think the game is about the players and it's for the fans. And these rules, um, once the adjustment period happens, should put the players even more in the forefront of the action, you know, more more frequently, not having to wait four minutes to put a ball in play, you know, put the players right in the spotlight. And ultimately, it'll be a better better version of baseball on, on the field for, for the fans. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Always good to hear Theo Epstein's voice. We talked to him last week about the new rule changes, and we're delighted to welcome in Kurt Bloom. He is the Birmingham Barons play-by-play man, and uh, all guests we have on appear on the score hotline. It's presented to you by Soda Weight Loss. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A Soda. Kurt, good morning. How are you? Awesome, excellent, and you know, I was thinking about this, guys. If I'm on with you, that means ball is not too far uh, from happening, right? That's right. I mean, you don't call me in, you know, in, in uh, October, November, because you got, you know, lots of things, you know, World Series and other football, football, and all I got that that stuff. But now, if it's Kurt Bloom, that means that it, baseball can't be too far away. So I'm excited. I got up early today. Well, God bless you, and we appreciate it. And, Kurt, um, you're the perfect man to talk to because you have seen these new rules already implemented. And, you know, obviously 
part of the thinking here is to speed up the game. There's mm-hmm. no secret about that. And uh, and I think it will help younger fans. It'll help attract people to the game. It'll change the rhythm of the game. Is that what you saw at the minor league level? Uh, it's a dangerous question, guys. And and here's the here's the, the most important thing is we're looking for the pitch clock. Right? And, and you're wondering about, you know, would that help you uh, get into two-hour, 10-minute, two-hour, 15-minute games? And the reason I say it was dangerous, unfortunately, if you don't throw strikes, it doesn't matter. You could have a pitch clock. You could have a calendar. You could have a sundial. Um, it doesn't really, really matter. And unfortunately, throughout the White Sox system, including the Barons last year, pitching was terrible, for lack of a better word. So the pitch clock didn't affect the Barons. However, the other teams that were winning, you could tell their games, I would ask them, and you'd see 212, 215, 220, 230. So it, it does make an effect. It does have an effect, rather, if you throw strikes. That's number one. Um, the shift was the second thing. And, and again, we've had the shift uh, taken away for the last couple of years now. Um, and, and I want to remind people, this, that I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. What you're going to see against a left-handed pull hitter, okay, your shortstop is going to be as close to the bag at second as possible uh, without being over the bag or on the other side. That means your third baseman is going to play short, and there's still going to be a lot of room on that left side, and you can flip that around when it's a right-handed batter. Um, Most of the guys still, I'm up there to hit the ball over the park, uh, over the fence, I'm looking to hit a home run. I got to get my numbers up. I got to get my stats up. Um, my agent's telling me I can't get promoted unless I have X amount of home runs, X amount of doubles. So you got to be careful there. Now, interestingly enough, you guys hopefully will see Oscar Colas make the big league roster. And one thing that was different about Oscar, his first at bat um, with the shift on, ground ball left side through. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. And now we're in business. Um, the bases, which would be the third, I don't know if I it, it did a game uh, last year at all where I like, oh, yeah, that base is bigger than and it was before. Um, I did like that pizza box analogy, but um, but there's no there's no there's no pizza in the bases uh, in the minor leagues, you know, but uh, I, I, it what it's supposed to do is eliminate the injuries. And, and that's good. And that that part I like is and, and, and maybe just maybe because I believe that base is two inches bigger. Um, that gives that uh, fast base runner from first base to second base uh, two less inches that he has to cover when he's trying to steal a base. But, but believe me, um, it'll take you three days and you won't even worry about, you won't even know that the base is bigger than it, than it, than it had been. So, Kurt, in regard to the pitch clock, everything yeah. is about tempo and players are creatures of habit and ritual between pitches, and you wonder, which have you seen did it have more effect on? The pitchers because of having to work faster or hitters not necessarily having as much time between pitches to adjust their batting gloves or do everything that they do between pitches? Yeah, great question, and definitely the pitcher because you will see during the year as we did, I would say maybe uh, a dozen times, eh, maybe less, where the pitch clock was violated and 
umpire will turn around, tell the, tell the uh, official score, and tell the press box, "Hey, add a ball on there," and you'll you'll see that happen. Um, once in a while, they'll do that on purpose just to get closer to ball four um, if you're going to intentionally walk somebody. But the batters, they're ready. It was all up to the pitchers, and you mentioned creatures of habit. And, and the bottom line is throw strikes, guys. Just throw strikes. Give yourself a chance. And I don't care if it takes uh, 15 seconds, 14, 13, whatever it is. You throw a strike. Now, I, I want to make this clear. Again, as, as much as it didn't didn't affect the Barons and really our White Sox system, uh, the, the team that did a lot of winning in our, uh, in our uh, league, uh, the Trash Pandas, and, you know, what, what better nickname than the Trash Pandas, but they had an excellent that's – the, that's the Angels double-A. They had an excellent pitching staff, and they typically had games between, let's say, two hours, 10 minutes, two hours, and 25 minutes, zip, zip, in and out because they threw strikes. Okay? So the whole thing is regarding – and that's the oldest trick in the book. Remember what, what they say. The, um, uh, I, I just I read a lot this offseason. The best pitch is always strike one, right? Right. No question. Yeah. When you get that, you, you, you're on your way, and you don't need the sundial on the clock and anything else. Kurt, who on the who are you most looking forward to seeing uh, on the White Sox this year? Is there anybody? I mean, obviously, Colas is probably the only guy that's going to start. But you know, you were there. You saw the Birmingham project, all that stuff. Is right. there anybody right. that that you are especially interested in this year? Well, I'll be interested in it all in Project Birmingham guys for me was a treat I, it, it also has never ever been done before and to put that collective group of talent now some of that talent certainly wasn't ready um colson montgomery is going to take a while west cath is going to take a while wilton Varis is going to take a while um christian mena pitcher is going to take a while um but you got guys a little closer like brian ramos who's at big league camp an infielder that certainly has a chance to get to the big leagues this year. And then Luis Viesis, who plays a little corner outfield and first base uh, at the same time. So, (coughs) excuse me, Uh, I'm looking forward to see um, the progress of those guys, what they do with Project Birmingham. Okay, does that make sense to you? You know, sure. okay, you, yeah. you, you does, got your does it work? Yeah. Which way? Yeah. Which way do you go with it? Do you do you, do you gripe because maybe you didn't get back to Birmingham to start, or did you use that? And this is what Chris Getz was talk, uh, telling us the whole time. Uh, did you use that as incentive? Okay, and that's what he wants. He wants it to use it as incentive. You mentioned Oscar and. I, I, it, you got to be careful with hype and you got to be careful with, um, you know, putting this guy rookie of the year and all this kind of stuff. But let me just say this offensively. Um, if he makes the club at a big league camp, he will not embarrass that club at all, at all. That this is, this is 20 home runs, a lot of RBIs. He's just a run producing machine uh, with an electric bat in the zone and, and off uh, defensively rather he's, uh, he's adequate. He's fine. Um, it's, he's not going to play center, but they don't need him to play center. They right. need him to play right field. And, and he was, you know, we have been so spoiled. And, and we have done these interviews uh, from Eloy Jimenez to Luis Robert to Oscar Colas. And that's, that's a pretty good run of talent, right? It is. Great stuff, Kurt. Kurt, Appreciate thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Appreciate it.
Absolutely. You guys have, enjoy the rest of February, March, and uh, anytime I can help, uh, let me know. Have a, have a wonderful day, and thanks for having me as a guest. Thanks. God bless you. That's Kurt Bloom with the Birmingham Barons. They're fine play-by-play man. A lot of fun uh, just contemplating that. I, I, yeah, and I think we'll all get used to it once it starts, and it'll be second nature yes. by midseason, maybe sooner, the, the way he described it. It's going to be an adjustment for both pitchers and hitters, but I think fans as well. But everything – Everything will all adapt in time. Yeah, and and again, uh, you know, um, Richmo checks in and says, "Not about the time of the game. It's about more action. More action. It's about the pace of the game. That's what we're not looking the time for. of the game." Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, O'Reilly. 